the third congressional district, Democratic Party, uh, what, three, four years ago? Uh, 2008, right. 2008, and now he is here today because, oh, and we have Sabrina. Thank you. Thank you very much, Sabrina Bengal, for showing up. It's the Lee and Sabrina show, not Lee and Marshall's show. God. <laughs> anyway, so uh, Marshall, uh, Marshall's here today with us. He's running for the chairman. Uh, no, what, I don't know what he's running for, but if anything, but I know that he is working with uh, David Hurst. I'm, uh, I'm helping David Hurst. That's what it is. Sorry. Right. I'm helping David Hurst, uh, who is the uh, Democratic candidate for the United States congressional seat in the 3rd District, which is the entire coast of North Carolina. Uh, I've seen the district. Oh, good morning, Sabrina. You want to? Are you, are you here with good us morning, now? Good morning, Newburn. I am. It's just, you know, the busy world that we're in. We've got groups going on today at the restaurant and just busy, busy, busy. Well, but it is so nice to see you. <laughs> well, it's good to be seen. Happy Friday, everybody, and welcome to City Talk. Um, you know, it's it's always a great week in New Bern. I tell you, it's been rainy and yucky, and I just, you know, a shout-out to the people in Texas. Gosh, knows they are oh, really yeah, yeah. struggling right now. The terrible tragedy at Fort Hood, you know, that's another issue we've woke, woken up to this morning. And What happened at Fort Hood? I didn't, I was out with well, the tomatoes. we had um, 12 um, Army personnel who were out in a... Uh, vehicle training in this bad weather and water and everything and it there was an accident it overturned or whatever five soldiers are dead three have been rescued and and the rest are missing so uh, the search is still on for them so it's been a pretty tragic day over there and just the suffering that's going on in Texas is is just unbelievable but I've been so blessed and happy to see the sun come out yesterday and today and um, you know, we tend to, I tend to live in this little world called New Bern, and there's nothing outside our, our boundaries, but there is. There's a big big country and a big world out there and lots of, lots of suffering going on, and I'm really thankful that we live in the place that we do. So that's, that's my thought for the week, but it's, <laughs> it's always a, a, a great week in New Bern. Lots of good things happening in our community. Lots going on at City Hall that you and I are going to be talking about. In the second half of our show, you know, the, the, the talk with the um, budget still continues. It has been passed, um, and uh, we'll talk about uh, yesterday in Raleigh. They did hear uh, the first reading of the changes to our charter. It has passed. It's been referred to the Finance Committee. So it looks like that 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 uh, battle has been lost, but... Uh, no, you know, no, well, here it is. Let's, let's all raise... You're out there with your coffee. Raise your coffee high. Let's cheers... Uh, this board of aldermen has brought back nepotism and well, lack of transparency into the police department. Well, Cheers, Mayor you know, Outlaw. You know, Cheers, Johnny Ray Kinsey. You know, Lawlessness can rule now. Well, it's not so much as that. No, it I is exactly still, that. You know, I guess my whole issue, whether the, the city manager, you know, controls, who's never managed the city, controls the, the city clerk or not, you know, I just in this day will never and age, forgive in what they've done to Veronica Maddox and and pushing her out and how they swept it under the rug so they didn't have to in public fire her, which is not a nice thing to do, but, you know, here's a person who is, you know, a stalwart in her community, in, in the African-American community. Her family 
has been there for a long time. Congratulations, Dana Outlaw and the Mayor Outlaw and the Board of Aldermen for firing the first African-American city clerk well, in the history of New Bern. And you did it so publicly. Thank you. That took a lot of courage. Well, and that's the thing. And it's nothing more than I'll get you for what you've done. For, bu- for a bag of candy. Thanks, well, Johnny Ray. it's more than that. Come on. It was a it bag of candy. That. That. It is All right. we got to say the whole WMBU thing. Oh, we did? We didn't tell you. You weren't here. We are? No. You don't know how to do this without No, me? I don't. Well, get ready because I'm going to be Somebody has to tell me what to do. Weeks, so, all right. Well, we WNBU. Are, we are live on 94.1. WNBU. And Is that are, how I do it? We are live streaming right now on talknewburn.net. You can like us on Facebook at Talk Newburn. Follow us on Twitter. And the more important thing is get involved in this conversation today. Good, bad, or indifferent about the city, about, uh, you know... Democrats are in the House. That's right, congressional politics, and I like it. I like all sides of the fence. So email us, citytalk at talknewburn.net, or you can call us at 252-633-4243. And, yeah, it's going to be good that we are talking about everything today because I do like to tell it like it is. So get that cup of coffee, and we'll be right back. And you're on. Yes, we that's are, and we, and we are back, and we won't stop believing. I will never stop believing. That's what's really cool. But about I don't know what to stop believing in. About what we do, Lee, is because we don't stop believing. I will never that. stop believing in the Marine Corps. We were talking during the break. <laughs> I, I I wanted to say that our Hoorah. our guest, all Marines, Gunny Mike. We have uh, Marshall Adami, who is a lifelong Marine. Tell us about your tell us about your Marine Corps. Uh, you got to talk into the mic too. Okay. He was he was sitting back in reminiscing pose. <laughs> yeah, I was sitting well, back, leaning back. Bless his heart. Let's 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 <laughs> introduce you. You're getting off cue here a little bit, Lee. I See, I need real, you. I got a real. I need in. you. Let's, let's tell everybody what we're doing. By here the way, today. Um, Jeff Odom and I may be doing a show to, together. Okay. Paint the town, as we're going to call it. <laughs> uh, Lee, I'm telling you, you what? get in trouble every week. To my <laughs> listeners out there, you know, he's a little off the wall, and I do. Paint the town. I, I, I do like being with him, but sometimes, you know, he, he really tries me. But welcome, everybody. <laughs> welcome, everybody, to City Talk. We're live on 94.1, <laughs> and uh, we are live streaming on talknewburn.net. I'm going to try to bring this to a roaring halt, y'all. Uh, and today, you know, a, a couple weeks ago, we um, we had the two Republican uh, Phil Law and Taylor Griffin. Right, candidates. We I have called and uh, we're trying to get uh, Congressman Jones to to come on. Uh, his schedule has been really busy, but in in in, in the I'm not interest, sure he knows where North Carolina well, is anymore. In the interest of fairness and transparency, you and I we tell it like it is. We talked with uh, Marshall was texting us and he said, "Hey, I need an opportunity for our side of the fence." And we said, "Hey, let's go for it. We want to hear all sides." I think it is so. Today our guest is. Marshall Adami, who has previously run and been a candidate in this district before, and he is here as a representative of David Hurst, who is the Democratic candidate for the 3rd Congressional District, and he has a primary as well, so he will, um, for our good Democratic listeners, that we have some of those two uh, out there, uh, get out and vote, do your do your Democratic thing, and get out there and um, vote for your candidate. So welcome, Marshall. Glad Thank to you. have you here today. Thank you very much. And and I and let me say amen to the voting part. You need to vote. Amen. I mean, That's right. you can't vote for somebody, vote against somebody, but vote. And uh, and there are there are there are many organizations uh, in there, and they're not the ones that you hear about and see about every day, who are counting on, who are counting and betting on you not voting. Right. They want you to not vote. They're betting on it, and, and their and their future is dependent. 
upon you it, not voting. Isn't it a shame that politics has become such a game? It, it is. It's it a is horrible a game. game, and it wasn't. It, it, I don't think that it's always been a game, but there's always been games played in politics. Of course, you can go back as far as Abraham Lincoln and see the horrible things that were being said about Abraham Lincoln at the time when he was. Uh, and a he candidate was a for president, and he was a Republican. <laughs> However, <coughs> I will tell you, <laughs> the Republican Party and the Democratic Party changed identities uh, right after the Civil Rights uh, Act was passed in, in uh, America around 1962, and uh, and now the uh, now the the conservatives are the Republicans, and the the liberals are the Democrats, and it used to be just the opposite. Uh, right now, Abraham Lincoln would be run out of the party on a rail. And, uh, and, and, and even George McGovern would be considered a rhino today because he's yeah. just not conservative enough. Well, that's what I found interesting when I came uh, to North Carolina. Of course, I came from a, a f long line of Republicans up in New York. My father's been involved in the party for years and years and came to North Carolina. And there were no Republicans here, and they were all Democrats. Uh, right. And so um, I actually had to... I actually switched my party when I first got here because my mother-in-law was running for office under the Democratic ticket, and I had the only way I could vote in the primary was to change it. I thought my father was going to have a heart attack, <laughs> you know. But um, and what I what I observed was that I, I, it didn't make sense why everybody was Democrats down here, you know, based on my knowledge right. of the Republican Party. So it was interesting to see how all of that that shakes out. But isn't it? I wish we could do away with parties. I wish we could just look at the individuals and vote on individual people's stances and issues and what they're going to do for us and and how can happen. I know. Can't happen. I, I the know. The consolidation can't, of power cannot be done that way by individual. It has to be a group. So, so yeah, can uh, we group like ideas? No. <laughs> That's, well, they're, they're called independents, and, and that's a crazy idea. I don't think so. <laughs> ideas, ideas. Oh, you please. can't, you cannot bring ideas into politics. I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't know why. It just, it just wouldn't work. Yeah, you I are said what you George call George McGovern. I didn't mean George McGovern. I meant George Wallace. George Wallace. You, yeah. you are what you call a uh, uh, Kennedy Democrat. Absolutely, Kennedy. What is Democrat. a Kennedy Democrat? A Kennedy Democrat is uh, if you if you go back and listen to. Some of the just incredible speeches by John F. Kennedy uh, in 1961, in 62, and 63, just before he was assassinated, uh, you will find a a a sense of purpose. I mean, and the purpose is is for the uh, it isn't for the good of the party, it isn't for the good of an individual or good of a clique or good of even of of uh, any particular person's ideology. It's, it's a sense of country, a sense of, of duty, a sense of obligation to serve each other. Well, right? and, and that's well, gone. And, and, that's you know, gone. It's, and, and the thing is, what rings true to me every time I think about Kennedy is just those famous words, ask not what you can do, you know, what your country can do for you, it's what you can do for your country. And that's what, to me, is really important. What motivated me to get into politics is what <laughs> I could do in public service, not what the community did for me. And, and if, I think that's and if important, you go but people have lost that can, sense. Can I, can I just, on that, on that, my mom told me that a million times. She, she heard that. She heard that. She was this little Dago immigrant from South Philly in, in Philadelphia, and she hears her president say that, ask not what you can, your country can do for you, but what you can do. 
She went and signed up for the Peace Corps immediately. Everybody was like, you're going to where Chile isn't even <laughs> exist. Where are you going? You're taking a steamboat to Chile to the end of the world? And this little, she jumps on a boat, goes down to Chile, and, and serves because of John Kennedy. And my dad heard the same thing, and he, he joined the government in a different uh, capacity, but that was the kind of thing that our presidents inspired. What a great organization that was, that is, too. The Peace Corps is just, uh, well, I was in an embassy, and uh, I've served in several embassies uh, around the world, and uh, I was in the embassy in Liberia, and uh, I had befriended a Peace Corps volunteer, a Peace Corps person in Liberia, which is, was a horrible place, and, and uh, the, the guy says, hey, you want to go out with me, uh, you know, out into the field? And I said, uh, sure. So I took a day to go out with him. What I saw has, has remained with me. I've, it's never left me. He was feeding, they were inoculating these poor people. These people were naked, not because that was their culture. They were naked because they didn't have any clothes. Hold on. What year were you in the embassy in Liberia? 1980, uh, 1986. Because I, I grew up partly in, in Liberia. Uh, we left there in, I think, 1973, and we were in that embassy. My just all the time. That's where I, I first yeah. saw the sound of music in the embassy in Liberia yeah. with the Marine Corps <laughs> embassy guard. Well, and we there. lived out, yeah. we lived, you know, we lived out with those people. We traveled out with those right. people. And this was our experience on the, growing up, seeing that poverty, seeing that abject poverty. Now, you bring it back to North Carolina. What is, uh, by the way, are you running for anything? Uh, are, are you thinking about running for anything? <laughs> I am. I'm, uh, I'm right now considering running for the uh, position, and this, ha this election happens in January, the position of uh, chairman of the Democratic Party for North Carolina. State. But state. All right. And what is that job, and, and why would you consider doing something like that? Well, when you're elected as chairman of a state party, you are, in essence, the voice and the face of the entire party for the state. You, you, you provide the vision, and you provide the leadership. You steer the ship, right? And uh, from my... From my uh, why would you want to steer the ship off course right now? Um, right now, aren't we doing aren't we doing um, really really well financially in 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 North Carolina? Aren't our our books are are balanced? Isn't the governor doing a good job with uh, with keeping us in the in the, in the money? You're opening up a can. Oh my gosh! You're opening up a can. Oh my gosh! How long is this show? <laughs> I mean, how many hours do you have on this show? To go into that, well, uh, a lot of people, a lot of people are happy me, and very happy with the governor's stewardship uh, financially of the of the state. So, what's the what's the what's the Democrat side of that? What is what do the Democrats see as the vision? Well, here's here's the thing. There's there's a scripture right that says uh, where there is no vision, the people perish. That's right. And you know it's very true, and it's actually applicable for North Carolina because what what's happened in North Carolina since they re and 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 I know I'm sitting among. Uh, you know, some very conservative people, and I'm not. And, uh, and so I would say since the Republican Party has taken over North Carolina, and even before that, because believe me, I was not happy, and I have not been happy with the Democratic Party in North Carolina either, but uh, we have lost our vision. We don't have a vision for, for the future. We don't have a vision for greatness anymore. We have a vision for tomorrow morning. Are you saying make North that. Carolina great again? Oh my gosh, please, <laughs> please. You know, Lee, I'm just going to strangle you. Uh, I'm North curious, Marshall, have you ever owned a business? Have you ever owned your own business and I, hired employees I have, uh, and done that? I have uh, been a, uh, yes, I, I've had a partnership. Uh, I didn't own the business. I was a partner in a, in a small consulting business. 
and I, I did not have employees per se. We were our own bosses inside the conservative. I think, bank. you know, and, I, and you're right, you're amongst conservatives, but, yeah. you know, I think that nobody is, and that's the reason we have so much upheaval, nobody is talking to this side of the fence. You know, if you see mm -hmm. the struggles that we have as business owners in the myriad of paperwork that is put on us for payroll taxes, for this, for that, the regulations, I mean, they're, they're strangling us. It's the small business that every time somebody wants to do something, we pay the price for it. Everything from Obamacare, I mean, it is going to change <coughs> the way I do business because of these regulations. And you know what? I don't see it helping the everyday person get insurance. But, so, but protecting so us from Sharia law is helping us. You know, you know I... I I don't even want to go to the international scene. No, the state of North Carolina. state of North Carolina passed a law to protect us all from Sharia law, and I'm, I, I wanted I, to have a party the day they did that. Well, you know, I, I just... Uh, I, I feel safer because of I want to get back to small it. business. I want to, I want to make sure that we're being you know, protected because we are the backbone. We are the people that generate the money that pays individuals so they can, you know, buy homes, rent homes, buy food, do and whatever. And I'm not, and I absolutely agree with and you. And that's the problem where we we seem to be far apart. And but, but we're not, Sabrina. We're not far apart. There's the fallacy. Yeah. We're not far far apart. And why can't we get for, consensus? For because everybody, you go, and that's why I, I have such a hard time Because that's not where the parties. attention is. That's not where the attention is you being applied. You go to Raleigh or you go to, to Congress, and if you don't get in the caucus and if you don't toe the line right. with the rest of them, you're out. You're in the and corner. And you get nothing done. And you yes. get nothing done, right. and that's ridiculous. You should stand on your principles. You should be an individual with an individual vote and a thought process, and then you come together in consensus. And that's what bothers me more than anything. But, you know, I want to get back to, to your candidate because I want to be don't think that doesn't bother me either. It does. Yeah. Well, it does. How do we, how do we work <laughs> together then to make it better? Because at the end of the day, who suffers? The people. The people. The people suffer because again, small businesses with regulations. You know, we're we're trying to have health care for all, yet we don't have. You know, people do not have the health care they need. I'm, I'm oh, sorry, no. because no, it's too, don't. regardless they of what's don't. happened, it's too expensive. They can't afford it. Nobody wants to regulate the insurance companies. Nobody's trying to regulate the, um, uh, you know, the lobbies and all. You know, that's where we need regulation. The medical field, the, the insurance field, that's where not the Good small Lord, I need to hire this girl. Let, no, no, let me tell you. <laughs> I need we to were, hire this girl. I was talking to, well, I was talking to Marshall. I'm business and because I'm out there every day dealing with this, and this is the problem that we see and I get upset with politicians who have never owned a business right. you know that's why I'm upset <clears throat> with Hillary Clinton do I think she has a lot of great ideas I, you know yeah maybe so but get out there own a business run a business see what it is to have employees and take it you're throwing these mandates at us and you're doing things and you have no clue to, to be to be to be fair Marshall Marshall <laughs> went before before we got on the air Marshall was was telling me, you know, I, I asked him the question. 110 years, the Democrats had control of the state, and I think that they became corrupt and entrenched, and there was nothing I wanted to have anything to do with. Marshall said that, uh, well, tell him, if you, if you became the chair of the Democrat Party, is it going to be business as usual? Well, that's the problem, and Sabrina was, was identifying the problem, that business as usual today isn't isn't addressing those things you were talking about. Right, it is right. not on the Republican side and not on the Democratic right. side. Nobody is addressing. You know what we're addressing? We're addressing all of these niche issues. You know, we're addressing we're addressing things like, uh, like whether we can drop a 
a possum from a hot air balloon. <laughs> we're pressing. We're, we're I'm in favor of that issue. Those <laughs> things are mean. <laughs> we're addressing, uh, and I'm and I believe me. I, when I first saw that, I was like, "We're not really talking about this, are we? Because it's not really happening, is it?" But it was. Well, right. hold on. What, what, the, your candidate just walked in, but we're also addressing, really, in my opinion. Uh, we're the pa most powerful nation that ever existed on the face of the earth. And before you can have any credibility in running the, the most powerful military with the atom bomb and all this mm -hmm. other stuff, you have to answer questions on peepees and wee-wees. You know, where people are going, that is about as smart. Uh, you know, there's people all over the world. No, there's people all over the world counting on us for leadership. Oh, no, Western civilization as we know it is dependent on Nonsense. Nonsense. Hogwash! <laughs> Bring this back down here. Western civilization as we know it is dependent on addressing that okay, issue. Okay, like I said, we are here today to talk about <laughs> the race for the third congressional district. Yes, that was what we said we were going to be talking about. We are. And we have. But had I want to know where the candidate stands on peepees and wee-wees. <laughs> I have to know. <laughs> Well, there's the well I, you know, all right. I strike that from the record, please. You Era, are out. The today. record has you, been stricken. No more coffee for Era, you. Strike that from the record. Okay, all so right. I would like to welcome Mr. David Hurst, who is the uh, the Democratic congressional candidate for the third district. He is in a primary. The voting is happening right now. If you go to early voting, June seventh is the uh, election day. And uh, welcome. Glad hey, to have you here, good David. morning. It's great to be here. And um, as far as this uh, pee-pees and wee-wees, I think I will leave that on a local or state level. <laughs> I, will probably, I will probably not be addressing pee-pees and wee-wees up in Washington and in the Capitol because I probably wouldn't be there very long. There's enough congressmen who are obsessed with pee-pees and wee-wees and... Uh, We'll just leave it at that. But moving right along, when I came in, you were talking about insurance, and one of the things I've looked at is when I when I um, back in the '80s when I first you know started driving, North Carolina did not have auto insurance. You did not need insurance for your car. This is how long ago it was. You did not need auto insurance in 1982. Really. In North Carolina, you didn't need to have auto insurance. And then they made it that you needed auto insurance. And eventually, the the states and the countries opened up. Yeah, this is true. You guys didn't know that North Carolina did not need... Well, uh, well it, di it didn't happen I to... I can understand why, because we're so sue-happy, and the trial yeah. lawyers are so sue-happy. Hello, I'm a trial... Ha I'm sorry, okay. but okay, they're okay, so well, sue-happy that well, if you don't have insurance, well, they'll take you to the cleaners. All right, well, here, 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 well here's <laughs> where I'm going from there. There were, there were a lot of people who were hit by uninsured drivers and were responsible for fixing their own cars. And um, eventually the solution was once every state mandatory um, auto insurance, then auto insurance went across state lines. And now you've got on television, you've got Geico and the General, and you've got multiple choices for auto insurance, and you can get auto insurance pretty cheap. Why hasn't that happened with health insurance? Why in this state is there only really one choice for auto insurance? Why there, or for health, for health insurance, there's only one choice. And if there was a... a, a an interstate insurance companies, if you can sell, you know, insurance, health insurance throughout the entire country, it would definitely drop the prices. It would increase competition and the, the free market would take care of that. Instead of having Blue Cross where the governor's wife sits on the board, why don't we have um, 
you know, interstate insurance where you can but I think make I, the it's choices. It's the same way in, in so many other states. So it's really something that's got to, you know, start at the top down. Instead of putting Obamacare in front of us and, and, and making this happen, wouldn't it have been better for the country or the, the national level to mandate interstate or in trust or, I, inter, interstate uh, health care? And that would have probably been well, a whole lot the, better than putting it on the employees. Well, the insurance companies wrote the health care bill. We all know that. The insurance companies did that to guarantee themselves a profit. But if they mandated health insurance but throughout the, the nation. allowed it to happen. That's and, the bad part about it. Well, the, but, but, and, but, and, and Congress passed it, and there really wasn't anything being done before that. But with um, having, if they mandated that everybody needs to have insurance, and they did it on a state-by-state level the same way that they did auto insurance, and then opened up the market to to you can buy insurance from any company anywhere you can buy it from california florida connecticut anywhere that you can buy health insurance then there would be competition then you'd have these ads on tv from geico and these other internet insurance companies and that would that as far as i'm concerned that would have been the solution instead they went to a uh like you said that it it wasn't written by business it wasn't written by people who have to insure people you know, like business owners, it was written by the insurance company to guarantee themselves a profit. And that's where they made the mistake, because one of the pro- politicians need those donations. So they let the insurance companies write this law so that they can get the donations from the insurance company, because it would have made the insurance company unhappy where every single state had to compete for, you know, for many health companies. I know in the state of California, there's 30 different insurance companies to choose from. And in North Carolina, we have one, maybe two. I mean, that... Well, I mean, I mean, I know there's more than one because I, there's definitely more than one. Blue Cross Blue Shield is the big kahuna. But yeah, but Blue... There is, there and are, they just raise their, well, raise their yeah, premiums yeah, they, by they, 18%. They've all just raised their premiums, but if we had an, a, a national you know, open market for health insurance, you would have competition and therefore it would drive the prices down. There's no doubt about a competition. We have 30 seconds. We do have 30 seconds. We're going to be going to break and we'll come back and finish this very riveting conversation. It is riveting today. I'm riveted. But when we come back, David, ask you a little bit more about the issues you stand on. I read a little bit of your bio. I want to talk about the coast and fisheries. I know that's one of your issues. But everybody, more coffee, more rousing discussion. All my Republican friends, stay tuned. This is, I'm okay. I'm breathing. So uh, we're going to be right back. Thanks. And be nice. I'm going to smack you today if you're not nice. Good morning. Welcome back to City Talk. Live here on W94.1 WNBU. Sabrina's already pointing her finger at me. Lots of fingers. He has not been behaving. I have too. <laughs> uh, and, so, and then we have we have our candidate here, David Hurst. Right, but I want to remind everybody: get involved in the discussion. We are live streaming right now on talknewburn.net. You can email us at citytalk at talknewburn.net, or you can call us two five two. Six three three four two four three. I I do want to mention that I love your hair. It uh, it <laughs> looks I, like yours. It looks just <laughs> like mine. I love it. I, and now he's screaming, going, "What?" <laughs> All right, straight to straight to the issues. Straight to the issues. Um, Red Wolf's 
for murdering them or against murdering them? Against murdering the I'm the program was I mean that the wolves are indigenous to here. I've heard one of the opponents say, "Oh, they're not from here." Yes, they absolutely were. They were wiped out in 1909. Um, you know by the farmers they had wiped them all out and they were driven to the to extinction and in order to have the balance of nature which you have to have um they reintroduced them and And, and uh, that's the reason i asked the question because you know uh, you know the the red wolf issue is is endemic of a larger issue that we're facing especially out here in eastern north carolina when we have uh, a lot of people dependent on fisheries uh, the overregulation of fisheries, in some people's opinion, is killing off the traditional way of life. It, it's it's burdening these uh, burdening these small uh, small fishermen, and and it's it's driving people out of business. So I mean, we have to balance at some point the environment, uh, the environmental needs with the needs of humans to live in that environment. What how, how do you how do you work with that? Um, well, they're they're. The, the Red Wolf program, it's, it's actually, a, a, it works. It's a good program. And, um, you know, they have to have a balance with the farmers. I know the farmers don't want to lose any, lose any livestock. And from what I believe, from what I've read, is that they haven't lost that many. You know, you've lost a few chickens, but you're going to lose chickens to foxes. You're going to lose chickens to raccoons. And, to you know, I, I, think, I think the reason that... You know, the main reason that they want to end this program is because, yes, it costs a little money. I mean, but what's, you know, we spend, you know, in this country, we spend money on on really frivolous things. But the Red Wolf keeps the balance of nature there, you know, from things that they eat from snake eggs. You know, if you don't have the Red Wolf, you're going to have more copperheads. I mean, what's your choice? Do you want copperheads right, or do you Sabrina, want the Red we Wolf? Have a, we have a caller we with do a have question. A caller. Hold on one second. Well, I guess my, myself and my friends and my neighbors, I guess we'd been driving for years and not in compliance with the law. Yeah, nobody uh, used to I, be in compliance unless you got caught. The highway patrol came to my place of employment and wanted my license my tags off my car. They didn't think that I had insurance. Well, I think the bigger issue that I think the bigger issue that we were talking about I think the bigger issue that we were talking about really was the fact that you can buy automobile insurance interstate through these interstate companies. And uh, I, I think it was by analogy that we should be able to buy health insurance uh, through interstate uh, companies. Okay, thank you so much for calling. We appreciate you listening to City Talk. You have a great day. Thanks. Thank, thank you for listening. <laughs> thank you. Right, thank right. you. We do it. See, we do have listeners, Lee. Now we're up we're up to <laughs> six we're up, we're up to, to six 16. listeners now. Thanks. Have a great day. Bye. <laughs>
Well, hey, look, um, the bottom line is, you know, well, there's the, I, I've heard the exact same thing David Hurst was talking about. Um, I think I think it, and I'll look it up when I get back to the office. But I think the issue was um, th there was some leeway in it. And I'm not sure the way it worked, but I, I know what he's talking about. Let's get back to let's get back to your your platform on uh, what well, you want to talk to I, talk I, about. I've got on a question for you, too. I'm just um, uh, just curious for you, David. It seems that the big topic in this uh, race has been the veterans and the VA talking about what Jones is not doing or doing for them. And, and that was the one piece, in, I did a little research on your bio, that I didn't see you take a stand, an issue or whatever about veterans. And, and, and how do you feel about that? And what would be your stand if you did? Because this, this district that you're in is so heavy with not only veterans, but our military bases and whatever. All right, well, a lot of the, the veterans' issues, um, a lot of it was caused for lack of foresight. I mean, we had you know these two wars, and we also had a retiring, you know, the, the World War II vets were all retiring and entitled to veterans care. And it, it, you know, they had been cutting funding for the system for a long time, little by little cutting the system. Nobody realized that we'd have World War II vets, Korean War vets, and the Iraq, you know, vets, Vietnam vets, you know, they, they'd all come home and they'd all gone into the system at the same time. And it was inundated with you know, a, a lot of veterans needed help at the same time, and nobody had done any expansions with it, or you know, during the the 80s and 90s, and with their antiquated system, you know, because they had pulled funding from the Veterans Administration, and they're dealing with computers from the 80s and trying to deal with an you know an overflow of problems that you know are happening right now and are still happening, and it seems like it's. For the politicians, it's better to blame each other than to get a solution as quickly as possible. What would your solution be? What What's your idea on it? Um, my, I've got a couple ideas on it. Um, one would be for um, if, if, if a veteran feels that they can get care from a primary physician, um, yes, they should. You know, I, I don't like the word voucher, but they should be able to go to their own doctor because a, a lot of the care isn't real important care some people just need cholesterol medicines some people just need you know basic you know day-to-day -day care some other veterans have important issues with that but if the veterans if, if they want that health care you know they should be able to choose their doctor because some of the issues they don't have to be at the va to get you know blood pressure medicine but they have to go through there in order to get the blood pressure medicine you know, at a reduced rate, and it's also covered from their VA benefits. What, um, I'll tell you, our uh, Facebook page is lit up now with the live streaming. We're getting lots of questions and stuff, and one of our listeners is asking, what's your stance on term limits? How do you feel about that? Well, I mean, traditionally, term limits have been, you know, the voters' term limit people. But um, I, I don't think, you know, it, it's not a career job. That's why they had the election every two years. It's not supposed to be a career. Well, any, pol any public service... It shouldn't be, you know, they've gotten so comfortable with, you know, voting themselves raises and, you know, wearing $2,000 suits. It's turned into a lifestyle for them, and it should be more of a service for them. There's no reason that, uh, you know, they, it's a, you know, it's a, a comfortable job, I guess, and that's, you know, they're in there. But, you know, we need to have fresh ideas once in a while. When somebody's in office for 20, 30 years, they're not really... 
some yeah. people, you know, another comment that one of our listeners made is they said that the sad thing is most candidates have great ideas until they get to Washington. Then you get caught up in that machine, and it's all about then the reelection and and whatever, and it's not about the work they're doing. Um, and, and you know that is sad to me. I know um, my little stint, my short, brief four-year stint at City Hall, really opened my eyes to so many different things about campaigning and elections and the things you do. And it is you do get caught up in, you know, am I making the right decision to get reelected versus making the right decision because it's the right decision. Well, and and many times, you know. There are things that people will use against you and take it out of content just so you don't get reelected. And that's the sad part to me, and that's why it's just been a struggle, you know, the whole the whole issue of this. You know, wouldn't it be good if we could just get out there and really serve our public? Because uh, here's, they here's, deserve it. You know, that's a, that's a 12-hour a, a show at least. Um, the question I asked the, the, the two other candidates, Phil Law and Taylor Griffin, when they were on, Congress is at an all-time low in, in public opinion. They are hated worse than lawyers, which I'm <laughs> one. Uh, they're hated yeah, worse than lawyers so. and, and, and car salesmen. Um, why in the world would you want to go to Washington and subject yourself to a job that people just hate and distrust? Um, I, I, there's so many issues on the coast here that really need to be addressed. Our, our current... Uh, congressperson he lives up in farmville but right now I, I just see that nobody's paying any attention to the issues of the fishermen um sea erosion um runoff coming from these farms and uh, a lot of these issues that need to be addressed immediately they can't wait they really need to be addressed and uh referring back to the earlier caller um it was in uh 1956 that Massachusetts first made ins auto insurance mandatory. It was 1982 that North Carolina made auto insurance mandatory. I just looked that up, and I know that when we were driving, I don't believe that we were out of compliance with... Uh, I, just well, I, I don't know if it could have been a, a county thing. I'm not sure. It whatever. Might have been a count. Might have been a county thing, district that thing. His plates were not right, and they came after him. Uh, yeah, plates, yeah. Right? Well, yeah. it was it was not mandatory. It was required, but it wasn't mandatory to uh, <laughs> right. do that. I, I and just. And it could have been I, if you borrowed money on your car, whatever they might have required the insurance. Not gonna let that go. Yeah. yeah if if if, if, if it was, yeah, if it, he's been tenaciously. He's been That is a good attribute. Very tenacious in that. Now back back now. Good, good point on that. But back to why, what do you want to do when you go to Washington, and why should we believe that you're going to do it? Oh, what I want to do when I get to Washington is I want the coastal issues addressed. They've been ignored for too long, and they've just made a mess of things. One of the things with the regulation of the fishermen, my, my neighbors and my, my friends and relatives down east, I was down there, and in the last three years, eight fish houses have gone out of business through through regulation, I know there right now there's there's a lot of dispute about the gill nets, and I still haven't made up my mind about it yet because I've heard both pros and cons of the gill nets, and uh, I will make up my mind about it. I've you know heard many things. It on, in concept it sounds like a bad idea, but um, when you talk to some of these guys, it's really the only way they can do it. And and you walk out to put the gill nets out, and they catch everything. I'm kind of against that. But they also use almost everything that comes into there. But one of the problems I found, my, my wife uh, retired from marine fisheries, and she retired early out of disgust because of what they were doing to the local fishermen with regulations. And uh, one of the things that I think a, a lot of countries have uh, moved their international waters out. 
And one of the things the uh, U.S. Navy wants to do between Chesapeake Bay and Charleston is they want to move a 50-mile buffer zone um, that what they've done for seismic testing because it breaks their radar. But I'd like to have attached to that is these foreign flag fishing vessels, which every fisherman can tell you just go up and down the Gulf Stream and suck up every fish that's out there. And I think that's really what's decreased our limits here. Our local fishermen, those fishing boats that I see down in Marshallburg and down you know Harker's Island, those are the same boats that were there when I lived in Marshallburg as a kid. I don't believe it's our fishermen who are overfishing because those boats are the same size as they've always been. The catches were the same as they've always been. I, I, I believe a lot of the problem is these foreign flag fishing vessels coming into our waters Once and again, sucking. Foreigners invading. Well, it, 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 they've been. Let's build a wall around the Gulf Stream. And we'll but, make the foreigners pay for that. Right, but on, on, a, on, a ser- on a serious issue, they've never had the technology that they've had right now. The technology right now is is they have fishing vessels that are, you know, two football fields long. And they uh, they, um, you know, they, they catch, they freeze, they process, they cut, they they process the whole thing right on the vessel. And that's really, you know, one of the issues. Technology has caught up, you know, has caught up with fishing and. Right, just within the last you know decade, the uh, the foreign you know the 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 fishing vessels have gotten so high tech, right, and our our call. local guys can't keep up. Want to but we oh, have a somebody going to argue with me about this call. auto insurance? Okay, yeah, thank you to our listeners. Hold, hold on, we, we we got a minute here. Welcome to City Talk. Good morning. Your question. Yeah, I wanted to ask your guest. He mentioned something briefly about. Uh, well, this great, great question. Yes, exactly. And one of the one of the regulations that they've made is, you know, it used to be the runoff. You know, the hog farms they'd have to dig a dig a pond. It runs off into there, and that was it. Now they they they've made it. I believe it's the EPA has made it where now you have to have a concrete lined pond, and it has to have a a runoff from there into another concrete. It, it's become so expensive for your farmers to, you know, maintain the runoff. And um, they can't be in compliance with that because they, it's just financially, they just can't afford to, you know, keep building these concrete retaining ponds like they do, you know, like they should with coal ash. And I don't have any problem with a, a farmer, you know, using the old method. When your pond is filled, take a backhoe and dig another one, just so long as it doesn't go into the river. And but the, the you can't do that anymore because the EPA is regulated and said you need to have a concrete lined retaining pond that has to be certain feet deep and, you know, certain feet long. And it has to have an overflow. And, you know, in case there's rain into another concrete pond that's, you know, very expensive for a hog farmer who's, you know, living. You know, I'm not going to say paycheck to paycheck, living from slaughter to slaughter, I guess. But. You know that they, they really they've they've regulated them for an issue that for hundreds of years I mean just just dig another pond you know use your backhoe and dig it and make sure that it's far enough from a river that it's not going to pollute downstream and get into the river system and into the bay system and you know eventually onto our coast 
I mean, it's a simple enough solution, and it worked for a long time, and um, I, I think it could work again. Go back to the old system. Caller, what do you think? Um, yeah, I hear that. It's just that uh, it seems to me that uh, the EPA and all of your uh, uh, organizations like that are doing nothing but adding and adding and adding regulation and I think that's okay, what David well, I think that's what David was arguing we're, against we're adding get, more we're getting ready to go to break thank no. you for calling we'll talk about yeah, reduce more. these Everybody, regulations we're gonna get one more cup of coffee and we're gonna come right back and wrap up this really exciting show thanks caller sure see you later and we are back I'll tell you this has been a awesome show thank you to our callers we're having great questions our guests, Marshall Adami and David Hurst, who's the candidate, the Democratic candidate for the 3rd Congressional District. Um, uh, during break, I had an email. Uh, one of our you know, listeners, she listens faithfully every week, um, talked about Janet Cowell, who is the state treasurer and a Democrat, and what a great job she has done for the state of North yeah. Carolina. Mm -hmm. And our, um, our rating by Moody's is good. And, you know, we have a top rating. She came, actually came to New Bern and spoke. Uh, she was sponsored by a group that I'm involved with, who's ECEC, which is Eastern Carolina Economic Club. Um, it's a group of professional businesswomen. And we had her here. And I think that's a great example of voting for the person because a lot of Republicans she's like what she does. Job. She's done an excellent job. Excellent she's job. good at what she does. But um, Question know, on economics, e economic development. You off the air, you were talking about economic development. You talk to investors. Um, for, you know, they, they're really afraid to come down here and invest because I guess uh, in Lenore County, the, it may be as high as 41% of the young people have drug convictions. Investors don't want to come down. What's your solution? No, well, one of the things is we, we have a, a massive drug problem here in the East, and everybody, every listener out there, every listener out there knows somebody. And um, the problem is that uh, rehabilitation facilities, they only take insurance, and junkies don't have insurance. And nobody wants to invest in an area where everybody's strung out on drugs. We need to clean up our workforce first before anybody will even consider investing in building out here. I mean, one of the, the turnover rate because of people caught using drugs at work is just I hear of it every day. And, you know, people have said to me, you know, oh, well, how about legalization? It's we're not ready for that yet, and I don't think it's the best solution for the idea. But what I'm, I'm going to do when I get to Congress, which is kind of a radical idea, because the federal and state funding for drug treatment centers has been cut, there really is no place for anybody to go without health and in, without insurance. Is um, Congress is overpaid. It's a part-time job. They work 133 days out of the year. They keep voting themselves raises. I plan on the, the Congress makes $174,000 a year. I plan on each year taking $100,000 of my salary, 75% of my salary each year will go back to each of the 22 district, 22 counties in this district to at least start building free drug rehabs and get our kids cleaned up so that the next generation, the workforce will be at least prepared for these jobs and not be disqualified because of criminal records because of their current addictions or past addictions, that's really been holding a lot of us back. When I ask a lot of you know my neighbors and friends, well, why can't you get a job? Oh, I was, I was arrested for marijuana back in the 80s. And it's still to this day 
holding them back from getting good jobs, which is also holding back investors from coming in and building in any industry the, uh, to the, hire these people. Thing I want you to do too is uh, get Congress off their own uh, health care and let them. Sure, yeah, like the rest of us. Con con it's a it's a two year job. You no, know, that's ridiculous. Congress, they, uh, they are they opt out of what the rest of the country. Hey, has do we have time to do it. an after talk today? Well, no, I don't because I'm I'm busy. Busy, busy, busy. Yeah, yeah, I got things to do. Uh, we are going to have to wrap up here, and I just want to. It's really important that we remind everybody that there is an election going on. Please, please get out to vote. Republican, Democrat, Independent. There is early voting going on right now. You can go out to the polls today. You can vote. The election day is Tuesday. Don't forget, it's important. It's your right. You know, we just had Memorial Day last week. We had men and women who have died to give us this right to get out there and vote. Please don't take it lightly. Please get out there and vote. You know, weigh your conscience and, and do the right 30 thing. 30 seconds. David Hurst, where can people find you? Uh, they can find me best places uh, just on my Facebook page. I I'm not going to be I, I don't have a lot of money to run for Congress. I'm not taking any backers. This is a self-funded campaign. I'm doing this all on my own. I'm not taking donations. You you won't be getting phone calls from me looking for do donations. I'm not Ten taking seconds. corporate donations. I'm uh, I'm doing this Look for the people. On Facebook, everybody. Sorry, we're going to have to cut you short. We hope everybody has a great week. We'll be back with more great talk next week on City Talk. Everybody. We'll see, see you on, on the, the sidewalks. sidewalks. Have a great day.